Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 262, and today we'll be talking about the end of OKKO. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Ah, so alas they did it. Season 3, OKKO's final season, has ended. It was such an amazingly abrupt stop. Looking at just the, even just the episode count from season 1, 52 episodes, down to season 3's 19. I mean, you could view season 1 as a split into two seasons, but still, season 3 was short by any means. I mean, can you imagine if they had got like 52 episodes to play with for the final bit rather than just the 19 they got? Or I guess 20 if you count the two-parter. I mean, that's basically what the last, last episode served to be. It's kind of like OKKO has a finale episode, which is what Let's Fight Till the End is. And then there, I wouldn't even call it an epilogue episode. It's like half epilogue, half here's every idea we were thinking about plus some jokes yeah not every (laughs) not every idea i know ian was on twitter talking about oh we had this idea where fink could go to ko's school and i'm like oh i would love to see that episode oh i mean there's so much even just i mean from a lore side that's unexplained like what is the neutral zone (laughs) it well just look at like Boxman. We've wanted to know about his chicken arm in his eye as much as fans wanted to know about, you know, Zuko's scar, right? Except in that show, we knew about Zuko's scar by episode 12, whereas <laughs> we're like 70 episodes into this show and it's over and uh, some things will remain a mystery. Forever. Mm. Tisk tisk tisk. Unless someone brings it back, like Ian de- said he is in no way disinterested in, in bringing the show back just because it ended prematurely i mean just even again even the finale ended prematurely i mean just going from dendy's video channel or oh hey red nina there's an attack of the power card factory go take care of it and then oh yeah by the way that attack of the power card factory caused a a bunch of stuff and now this tournament arc is happening in two whole (laughs) episode time slots worth and it's like oh boy that the we're just rushing from thing to thing. I mean, and heck, even Dendi's video channel and Carl had a huge gap between them. Oh, yeah. E- everything skipped by fast, which also I think the writers of the show knew it would feel that way, which is why that was a theme of <laughs> thanks for watching the show, yeah. which had life flash by quickly. I do not like it when they go that meta, just like the your your reality is an illusion. The world is an illusion. I do not like the meta episodes. Well, compared to that episode where Ko, you know, physically witnessed his existence as a cartoon and he was, you know, mortified by it. I think they struck a better balance in thank you for watching the show, because instead of ending on a note of it being purely meta, like making I don't the ultimate comment they wanted to make from that episode wasn't about cartoons or OKKO being a cartoon, but it was about growing up. So even though it uses the meta aspect, the actual thing they're trying to say, both in that episode and then ultimately through OKKO as a show, I think is nicely is about something that you can actually use in real life instead of just being a commentary on cartoons. I think that part has always been secondary to OKKO with the journey of what growing up means to KO. Now, I do think that this finale kind of misses out on, for me, fleshing out what TKO was supposed to be in the show. It was an idea set up so early on because since Face Your Fears 
we've known about KO's dark side. And yet, because even KO himself thought for so long that TKO was a separate entity placed in him by Professor Venomous, or, well, you know, shadowy figure, because he didn't know it was Venomous yet, it it's hard to understand what it means for me for TKO to have always been a part of KO. We know that KO was sensitive about his weakness at the beginning of the show and his you know he had a desire to be respected and so i see how his desire for strength and for the respect of other people can lead to some kind of version of of tko but it's just such an evil version of him i mean even the other characters aren't able with you know speaking about love like rad and enid are like of course we can touch ko this time like we did the first time when tko showed up by like smothering him Ugh. with love but even even mr gar saying ko i love you like a father and they're crawling towards him like nothing ultimately breaks through to tko which i both think is a really strange statement to make but also i mean it does support the idea that in this case self-healing is what had to come before anything else and so it, it's ultimately a story about KO coming to someplace internally. I think the place where it felt weak for me, though, is that I've never truly understood how TKO was a part of KO in a way that meant that he needed to come to terms with that and then pull a <laughs> Steven Universe change your mind type finale and fuse with himself again <laughs> to to become yeah. uh, the new I mean, pointy tooth KO. We just yet yeah, it's just I, I guess that's a meme cartoon protagonists. Fusing with parts of themselves. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the most disappointing thing about thank you for watching the show was. How they excuse, oh yeah, of course KO was able to elbow drop that villain from the game, you know, from the cloud because he's level 100. But I mean, Gar was able to do that at level 11. So like, wouldn't the, I mean, I guess the, I, maybe since the PAL card levels from before made no sense, maybe Gar really was just as powerful as KO ended up being? Question mark? I mean, at this point, KO has met met Cobb and met the orange-skinned blonde president of that universe. I love him so much. <laughs> yeah, the the president of the universe was amazing. I'm glad. I'm glad they managed to find a place for him. I mean, like of all the, of all the disappointments that the series could have left us with, not meeting the president of the universe is not one of them. And they gave us a very OKKO-like okay explanation for Glorbs, which I think was great, because all Glorbs needed to be was the manifestation of cartoon logic and cartoon magic in the world. And I think that was perfect. And, you know, even though, like, the tree was kind of weird in its final execution, where it's just kind of like, it's there, but it's not that important, because, I, <laughs> I don't know, because I guess Cobb and the president of the universe just place Glorbs there anyway, so who cares if it's a tree or not? But, yeah, um, right? I mean, it's got to be something that Glorbs got to come from somewhere. Yeah. I do think there would have been more build-up to what disempowerment really entailed to it if there had been more build-up to the show. Because, like, I get why Professor Venomous, it, it ties in, you know, to the fact that obviously he was powerless, so he wants to disempower people. But it's just kind of like a final, like... I'm just killing everybody <laughs> type thing at the end. I don't know how much it yeah. ties in with TKO's mission. Like he's just sort of blindly following Shadowy Venomous. And then Shadowy Venomous uh, got some dominance asserted on him right quick by TKO. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you'd, you'd think that your master plan would not include, okay, I'm going to pour all of this power into someone who I am now going to bully and insult. 
Yeah, and I don't want to dig too deep into the mechanics of it, but I feel like Shadowy Venomous could have taken on all the Glorb energy himself. I'm not sure why TKO had to be the conduit, except yeah. that TKO was already a little more powerful than him, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it is, you, you want to know, uh, you want to know something I'm kind of disappointed. I'm surprised we didn't get to see more of the, what, what was it, Box Spot Prime? <laughs> it's like Boxbot Prime gets introduced at the end of Dendi's video channel strong enough to defeat TKO in a fight and make Shadowy Venomous be like, man, I don't want any of that. And then uh, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we can't do anything un- until we get trashed later on when we decide we can do something. <laughs> it's like, again, they just had to throw so much away because they had so little time to make their finale happen. Oh, I mean, there's just stuff crammed everywhere. Like the fact that the ending credits for... I think it's let's fight till the end show how <laughs> how Professor Boxman sort of met up with all of the Jethro's in the clouds <laughs> like they just kind of had to throw that in into the you know paper cutout scene in the credits which is like at least this time we got to see how he escaped from you know the sun because the last time he survived it oh I'm- he walked into the sun willingly that time so right also I guess you know Dendi also blew up in the sun but then she came back, so... Dendi strunk. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, I mean, you know I'm going to abuse that Dendi, please like, comment, and subscribe clip. <laughs> yeah. So, I think Carol has always been an amazing character, and hearing her sing, and the way that they animated her with that, like, incredibly... There's, like, a lot of frames in it, and it's, like, this gentle swaying is just so touching... But it again contrasts with like, like that scene is so wholesome and beautiful. But then it's like, it's a very simple song actually about just, just breathing when you're angry, which is apparently the deeply buried thing that TKO didn't want to realize, which makes again, KO's like darkness feel weird to me. Cause I'm like, that's, that's it. He just forgot that he needed to like breathe through his anger sometimes. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> The impression I kind of got was that maybe it's a little bit embarrassing to have your mother see- singing that song to you. At least, you know, once as you get older, it comes to be an embarrassment. But I mean, is is K.O. really the kind of person who would be embarrassed by that? Is he really? Uh, apparently his his TKO side is. I, I don't know. I mean, K.O. had forgotten about it himself. Like he, he didn't remember that until he dug that out. He's like, oh, yeah, we buried this here, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's an it's an interesting plot device. I also really loved, just like we had young Steven's voice being incredibly adorable, but it was actually just a recording they already had of Zach Callison at, at 14 or 13. Hearing the KO actor's attempt at a, at a younger KO was really, I mean, they really nailed the adorableness factor. I mean, which he is very adorable. But, uh, I mean, just how many times do I have to say that I, if only they had had more time? I know. To give you an idea of just how strapped for time they were, after Dendi's video channel, they're like, okay, KO, thank you for not watching the theme song, let's get right into this! <laughs> I know. I mean, that seems like a staple of cartoons I know at this point. Like, Star vs. the Forces of Evil did the same thing for their finale. Gravity Falls did the same thing for their finale. Like, every show, you know it's getting serious. The only one I can think of in recent history is, well, Steven Universe and Adventure Time didn't have to shorten their intros. I mean, Steven Universe had, what, four episodes to do it in, though? So Yeah, Steven Universe has 
been able to plan its endings a, a lot a lot more ahead of time and has had the consistent four or five episode format that Cartoon Network seems to respect. But also, I did like how, speaking of Adventure Time, the very end was very much like the finale of Adventure Time, where we sort of saw Enid and Rad recast in their... Their children. Their, yeah, I guess we're supposed... Because they look so much like... That's rad that's, I mean, and come on. It's obviously, they're children. Yeah, but I guess since we're supposed to also assume that Enid ended up with Red Action and not with Rad, then I guess Rad is just like their donor or something. Maybe Radicles can like spawn by budding. I mean, I would think that it's just like a cute visual nod and swap to the characters before, but I don't know. Like we yeah. see the training session in the dojo between rad and some kids and enid and or i mean red action and some kids and and enid and some kids so like and some of those kids kind of look like they could be kids between the three of those genetic pools but yeah yeah. i don't even it's complicated i think i think what i took away from that ending sequence was radicles is managing a cat cafe in (laughs) his military uniform what military allows this uh planet x is is a strange planet i mean if planet x gives that level of official sanction to cat cafes then i want to know like are they granting immigration visas i want to move there right now (laughs) you know rad really did get to achieve his dream of both being pretty pretty cool and also running i mean what's not cool about cats i guess he got yeah he, he got his dream of being pretty cool and of running the military right he got both of them at once. Man, and seeing all of the sequences of everyone else that isn't our core cast reminded me how much I wanted to see the other villains. Like, William Billiam is such a <laughs> just goofy-looking villain and has, has such a bombastic appearance. Like, I want to see that dude in more episodes. We just barely got to see him in the show. And then, like, seeing that there could have been a whole episode in what is this universe's heck, I guess? With Powio <laughs> getting slapped by some almost Cuphead-like ghost <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. creatures is just... That one probably made me laugh the most. And, and in second place was the baby fake-out with, with Carol uh, <laughs> serving up pancakes instead of uh, <laughs> a newborn. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like, whoa, why... Okay. <laughs> yep, they went there. <laughs> and uh, I'm just gonna say... I'm really sad that Cole Wart and Potato ended up getting married. Potato, you deserve better than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll never forgive him for ditching the crew like that. I mean, ditch KO if you want, but don't ditch Potato. She's the one who believed in you. And also, that was completely not your talent or ability. That was just, like, you sweat with projectile force. <laughs> Unforgivable. And meanwhile, Rose Quartz forever. I'm not a hypocrite. Please stop typing. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what else did I like? I liked Ginger double crossing everyone <laughs> oh, and that was never so dying. That yeah, was at so first cute. I was like, oh man, this is dark. They're at like a grave site, but <laughs> of course. Uh... Double cross. <laughs> I also liked that KO's long nose came back for his adult form from all the way from the pilot that design was always goofy and hilarious and sort of had a different vibe from how the show is now so but i like that his nose was 
was long again. It, it definitely reminded me of his whole old design, and I think that's what they were going for. Adult KO could make a perfectly good professional beach chunk if he wanted to. I do want to know, though, like, was there literally no one else who could go and stop TKO, that the that the bodega knaves were the only ones who could go deal with that? It it was a very limited in scope final battle. Like, even though we supposedly had a lot of heroes come by for the competition, there was still... It's, it's not even just the final battle, where, like, you can't throw everything you have at TKO all at once, because he'll just use an AoE to take your power away. But, like, nobody else was even trying to stop him, like, at any other point during the previous episode. It's like, Dendi's just nearing, oh yeah, TKO's running around doing all this bad stuff. No one's doing anything about it. Yeah, like, point exists, right? Like, why were they not stopping that havoc? Yeah, you'd think, like, wouldn't Foxtail be like, maybe I should actually, you know, be a hero this time. And, uh, come on, Foxtail, get in there. But based on the amount of room they had with episodes, like, if you wanted to do that, unless it's like a 20 second gag of like point going up to TKO and then getting, you know, knocked into the clouds with a with a twinkle in their eyes. Raffle stomped. You know, yeah, there just wasn't the room. Whereas there was apparently room for us to see Koala Princess chant a Bloody Mary type chant. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, man, there are so many little bits they did. That was great. Yeah, that one was very out of left field for me. I was not expecting. And their their phrase was like, don't squeeze, don't squeeze, don't squeeze. And then the don't squeeze monster face appears. (laughs) That feels like a very personal story to whoever boarded that scene. Again, it's just this is this is a sad time. I mean, OKKO OK, ended before its time. I, I hope he, I hope Ian goes on to do something awesome. Like he already did something awesome. Now he needs to do a new awesome thing. I mean, here's the thing: there's so much influence between both OKKO OK, and Steven Universe because it's almost like the showrunners are dating or something. Yeah, and I, mean, <laughs> I, I do get that impression. They they did some pretty good stuff in seasons one and two of Steven Universe and seeing them work together on another show, although maybe that would put a lot of stress on their relationship. <laughs> uh, I feel like they're both very good at what they do. And um, so Ian could come back to be the take his old position for what was he like executive producer or something? He was one of the executive producers. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to do in the meantime. I can't remember if he was, he's always been more of an animator in my mind than a comic artist, although I guess he did have all those web comics about his cloud-like character, right? Yeah, he, he, he could go back and he could like, I don't know, I mean, he already ended RPG World, but like he could give it an extended ending if he wanted, like the extended edition. Yeah, I don't know what's next, but uh, these things definitely take a while. I mean, OKKO OK took like f- five or six years from its initial pilot. To get episodes out. Well, that was that was an exceptionally long amount of time because they backburnered the pilot and picked up Steven Universe instead. But like even with, you know, like the Gravity Falls creator, obviously Gravity Falls was was pretty big for Disney. And pretty much right after it was announced that he was working on a show with Fox. But I think Gravity Falls ended in 2015, maybe 2016. So it's already been three years. And I don't think we're going to hear anything about that show for at least another year. Cartoon development takes time. I mean, it, it might not actually end up getting made. I mean, you, David, of all people, would know tons about cartoons that get announced and never finished. Yes, I still wish that that Jonah Vasquez's very important house would come back out because I would love so to see I. that. It, that would have been rad. Like, 
Yeah. I wonder I wonder how Ian Spanish is. We haven't heard that they're doing anything with villainous yet, have we? No. I mean, I don't know about partnerships or writing or anything. I mean, isn't that show taking off, though? I thought it was going to start having regular episodes. I have no idea. I, ho- I hope it does, but I don't remember anything about it coming out. I mean, ENJQ also, I just remembered, has been a part of Bravest Warriors, but their season five, because he, he plays one of the characters, Waldo, yeah. but he might not have anything more to do with that as long as season five isn't out. But he has been doing that along the side. Obviously, as he played Rad in this show, too, it's not just being a, you know, animator or or showrunner that is in his forte. He also could keep doing voice acting. And can I just say, I love it when showrunners pick either the main character or a very important character for the show. Like you have Mau Mau from Mau Mau Heroes of Pure Heart or Susie from Summer Camp Island or Radicles being voiced by the showrunner. It's I just is is it any coincidence that I love all three of those characters so much? <laughs> well, I mean, if we're just reflecting too on like Rad's character and Ian's involvement, I mean, that was the perfect type of character for a showrunner to be in because, you know, he was always like obnoxious, but also insecure, which is the perfect like way to sort of allow yourself to be in the show where it could kind of feel like, you know, like actually with Jonan Vasquez, he always hated that the crew would create self-insert characters and also draw <laughs> Jonan Vasquez and the other showrunner into Invader Zim. He thought that yes. that was too pandering, whereas obviously oh, Steven no. Universe and OKKO OK draw all their characters in. I personally love Ian, you know, especially his appearance like lying dead on the ground after Guacola. Yes, the Guacola <laughs> incident. Yes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the self-insert characters are, are fun, but but in the case of Rad, I think that's especially doing it right because it allows him to be there while also the character understands that he's, you know, kind of self-important. <laughs> you know, come to think of it, just like Radicles in the early part of the series, Susie is an obnoxious, self-important, but very insecure character. And come to think of it, Mau Mau grapples with crippling insecurity sometimes. <laughs> and can be, and like all the main characters have their obnoxious moments, so interesting. I mean, either that's just a theme of modern childhood or maybe, you know, anxiety about yourself. Why not? Or, you know, maybe it's something to do with being a showrunner, too. Maybe. So did you have anything else you wanted to say about Akko's ending? I will miss it dearly. I really loved the animation in the show and the fact that it always wanted you to remember that it was a cartoon. So... I'm really looking forward to future projects that Ian works on. You know, I mean, even if they're in another style, so be it. But this style really holds a special place in my heart as a continuation of that, like, always draw a frame different, always go crazy with exaggeration and be super expressive in a way that you just can't do in shows like, you know, Steven Universe, where, like, he somehow achieved the perfect balance of there is a story and continuity, and yet the audience doesn't expect you know, if K.O.'s hair is way bigger in one scene than another, people don't freak out the same way they might over Paradox oh, or Lapis's grief. hair. <laughs> yeah, but okay, K.O., you fought to the end. You are my best friend. Anyway, guys, that's been us on the finale of okay, K.O. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Power... Uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Or on... YouTube. Give us the old thumbs up. Later, everybody. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.
Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.